Every single day you wake up, you have the opportunity to start over, to make a difference, to right a wrong, to shift your life into a better direction. Thankfully, we have a God that gives us that second chance every day. We hope this show will bring you information and stories that will inspire you to be the best you can be. This is Every Day is a Second Chance, presented by Heyman Hoke. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of Every Day is a Second Chance. I'm Fred Heyman, and I'm your host. I am one of the partners of Heyman Hoag Law Firm, which is a faith-based estate planning and elder law firm with offices in Frisco and Arlington, Texas. Uh, I mention that because our law firm is the sponsor of this show, and we thank them for the support that the firm gives us to allow us to have this uh, platform so that we can put this information out. Uh, I have an amazing guest today that you guys are going to just be blown away by. Uh, because I am. But before I, I get to her, I want to share a little bit about my last weekend. I got the absolute pleasure, thanks to one of my employees, Robbie Baker, who Robbie lives in Knottsville, Tennessee. He's a remote employee for my firm. Robbie has been on me for two years asking me to go to this men's uh, gathering and it's, uh, it's funny because we don't we didn't call it a men's retreat. We called it a men's advance because we're advancing in being men of God rather than retreating. But he's been on me for two years. Finally, I gave in and went this weekend. And I went out to uh, San Diego, California on Thursday. We stayed at a house on Lake Elsinore outside of San Diego from Thursday through Sunday. And it was the most amazing weekend I've had in a long, long time. And I desperately, desperately needed it. And, and this show needs it because I need to step up and, and, and take the second chance that God has given me to a different level. And I wasn't doing that. And I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, confess. I, I, I wanted to do this show. I want to get this message out. I know God has put it on my heart. But... I was letting things of my past drag me down. I was letting my life of a dysfunctional marriage and the years of that uh, be an anchor that I'm dragging behind me as I'm trying to move forward. And I'm not going to let that happen anymore. And one of the things that really hit me during this conference was the, the, the thought of the story of the Israelites and how Moses was sent by God to take the Israelites out of slavery. And they had been in bondage and slavery and abuse and, and horrific conditions for years. Uh, not unlike what our country has been through in our, our history, but the Israelites were given Moses to take them out of that. Moses took them out of it, and because it didn't go, exactly the way they wanted it to go, they wanted to go back to, to Egypt. Hmm. And, and, and when you think about that, you think about how could anybody want to go back into slavery when they finally have freedom? But yet we do that in our lives every single day. We are comfortable in dysfunction. 
we're comfortable in unhappiness. We're comfortable in whatever it is in our past that we cling to. And we have to let go of that and move forward. And as they put it in the conference, we have to get comfortable at being uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable to move on. It's uncomfortable to take the second chance that God has given you and do something with it because it's different. It's uncomfortable to be happy when you haven't been happy for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And so people don't, don't, don't think about that in our lives. And I said, as I left that conference, I will not be a slave anymore. I will not be a slave to my past. I will not be a slave to myself because I beat myself up. We talked a lot about forgiveness and we, it, it, it's hard, but easy to say, okay, I forgive somebody else. But how hard is it to say I forgive myself? And we quite often do that. We don't forgive ourselves and we keep dragging that down. So I say that, and we're going to go into it much more in depth than other shows because the two leaders of this conference have agreed by Zoom to be my guests at a later date. So uh, Tommy Hunter and Nick Castellano, Dr. Nick Castellano will be on the show at a later time to talk. Uh, but I just want to give you guys that introduction because I think it goes right into what we're going to talk about today. Um, I would like to introduce an amazing guest that we have and give her the rest of this time to share her wonderful story, to talk about the book that she's written about it that's on our table here, and to talk about what she's done with the second chance that God has given her. Rolanda? Hi. How are you today? I am fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. And I'm very good at butchering last names. <laughs> so it's, it's ma Masharia. Masharia, uh -huh. not Macharia. Right. Ma which is probably what I would have said. I apologize because I have a last name that's butchered all the time too. Right. Um, so I'm used to it. We, most of us do. Um, that is your married name? Yes, my husband's from Kenya, okay. which is how I got the Masharia, but I'm called Makaria, Macharia. I'm, I'm so used to it at this point. <laughs> well, I always tell people that I was a police officer in my first life. Yes. So there's not much you can't call me that I haven't been called. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing bothers me. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Uh, you and I were introduced to each other through a mutual a friend, yes. uh, I would call her more than a friend. She, Sheila Williamson works for my firm. She yes. does our, uh, she's our director of community services. Um, she is involved in the part of the firm that does speaking engagements, mm -hmm. gets in, in front of people to teach about estate planning. She mm -hmm. does all of the nonprofit. Yes. Uh, we do work with, we've done work with your organization. Yes. We've done work with Meals on Wheels mm -hmm. and uh, Alzheimer's Association, places like that. We try to focus on areas that uh, uh, help the people we help, right. the elder community right, mainly. Right. Um, but that's how I think you and she and you two met yes. through McKinney. McKinney Chamber. Uh, McKinney, Texas. Through, those yes. that are maybe watching it not from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. McKinney is an amazing community. Uh, north of Dallas, that uh, just a great area. I love, I love McKinney. I love Frisco. I love this whole North Texas area. Um, but tell us about yourself. Tell us 
what is your second chance story? Awesome. I, I th first of all, thank you so much for letting me be here. It is uh, truly a pleasure and an honor. And every time God gives me the opportunity of a platform to share what he's done for me, I'm super excited. So uh, my second chance story, as the book is called, He Hurt My Cry. So in 1999, um, with five children, I had already been married to my first husband. So let me back up just a, a bit. My father raised me. Uh, me and my little sister, Ida, and periodically my older sister, Pat, was with us. And my father uh, had been in a mental institution. And most of my life, I remember my father being in and out of mental institutions. Mm -hmm. So it was a very toxic environment. He was verbally abusive. He was physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. um, but he was always suicidal. He would cut his wrists or cut his throat. And then, of course, the oh police would come and bring the ambulance and take him to uh, the mental institution. So that's kind of how we grew up. Oh my gosh. At the age of 14, uh, I just couldn't handle it anymore. So at the age of 14, I left home. Uh, I was homeless in Hollywood, California. I was sleeping on bus benches and in abandoned buildings a lot. Um, I ended up getting pregnant at 15 years old. Oh my gosh. Uh, I became addicted to crack cocaine at 15 years old out in the streets of Hollywood. 16, I had my son. Uh, at 18, I was pregnant with my second son and I married their dad mm. for the next nine years. I was in an abusive marriage. Mm. So I went from the, my father's abuse, uh, most of my life. My dad had me at age four is where he began to raise me, uh, until here I, I leave. And now I'm in a relationship for the next nine years. And that's not uncommon. I, I mean, it's very common for people to continue as I kind of, as I started the show. Yeah. You go to what you're comfortable in, even if that comfortableness and and it's funny, you know, you hear the term comfort, right. you think of nice. No, yeah. comfort <laughs> is what you're used to. Exactly. And so you go from the, what you're comfortable in, even if it's abusive, to what you're comfortable in, which is abusive. Exactly. You also mentioned that you started off homeless and then you got addicted to drugs. Yes. That again is not uncommon. You know, people think, oh, these drug addicts on the street. Well, quite often they weren't drug addicts right. until they got on the street. And, and, and I remember when I was a police officer, I picked up two children. They were like four and five years old. They were illegal aliens. I was in El Paso, Texas, right down on the Mexican border. They were in a bathroom, huffing paint, mm. stoned out of their mind on paint, had paint all over their mouths and all. And I turned them over to Border Patrol, and the Border Patrol agent says they do that because it takes away the hunger. Absolutely. And it hit me like a chest punch, thinking people get on drugs quite often because it takes away something. Something. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So you, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but. <laughs> You were on the streets. You, yes. You, you were pregnant. You married this guy. Yes. Then what? So for that, for those nine years, and they happened to be um, my husband's family were um, they were entertainers. So we're in Hollywood. 
Uh, I'm real green. I don't do at that time before getting involved in that situation. I don't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't do any type of drugs, recreation or anything. So this is all new to me. And I'm in this relationship with someone whose family is in the entertainment business. I, I, I saw people that we look up to now, celebrities. I saw them using cocaine all the time in the environment. And uh, I felt left out because it was just me and, and everybody else. And most of them were, were using the drugs and I wasn't a part of that. And I was just, I was trying to fit in. And I got my first, um, what you can say cocaine, crack cocaine at 15 years old in this family. So for nine years and five and four kids later, I suffered abuse for the next nine years. Mm. And uh, my husband, Sorry. he would steal and he would fight me and beat me and the whole nine. And I tried to get away. And a lot of times when I tried to, I didn't have any resources because I was an eighth grade dropout. Mm -hmm. So I dropped out of school in the eighth grade when I ran away from home. There was no additional formal education. So I couldn't find a way to provide for myself or my family. And a lot of times I ended up back in that marriage, even right. though I knew that I was suffering in that marriage. I finally get away, filed for divorce. A couple of years later, he was murdered. So his best friend killed him. And uh, I'm raising my four children now with without their dad at all because he's deceased and I get remarried. So I have a fifth child. I get remarried and my baby is eight months old and my husband, uh, we've been married for four months and he takes the police on a high speed chase in California because he was drunk and mm. refused to pull over. He gets sentenced to four years in a penitentiary. So now I have five children. My first husband is dead. My second husband is now doing four years in a prison. And I am already living in poverty and now with five kids. Oh, my God. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't know anything about God. I had suffered being raped at the age of nine years old in Venice, California. And, and up until that point, I really saw nothing positive had happened in my life. Mm -hmm. So February of 1999, uh, I took my older kids to school and I took my babies to daycare. I called my job and told them I wasn't coming in because it was my intention to die that day. So I planned on committing suicide at home and I loved to write. I, in school, I, was a, I would do journaling. So mm -hmm. I wrote my suicide note in the, in the form of a psalm uh, and it was called Rolanda's Psalm. And I wanted that to be left behind so people would know. You didn't have to wonder why I took my life. I wanted them to know. And it says, sometimes I wonder what's the point? What purpose do I serve when a million miles of heartache is all I have observed? I have to ask myself, why is this happening to me? Perhaps it's because my spirituality is not where it should be. My faith in God is not as big as a mustard seed, and I'm the first person to agree. But it's incredibly hard to believe in anything when pain is all you see. Wow. It's a constant struggle to maintain my sanity when troubles don't cease at all. I feel like I can make it through the quicksand, but every time I stand, I fall. The heart of gold, the compassion of an angel is how my mother used to describe me. But now hurt, despair, disgust, and distrust are taking these qualities from me. Now more often I look at people and I think which one now was after me? No longer as people, but as evil spirits with one goal, and that's to hurt me. 
So Father God, help me, please show me what I need to do to be free. Open my eyes and make me believe again that there's still humanity. As for now, I'm drowning in sorrow, sorrow as large as the sea. So I ask you, Lord, to save my soul and grab a hold of me. And as soon as I wrote the last wow. line, as soon as I wrote that last line, Fred, I heard a voice. I'd never heard a voice like that before. And what I what I came to understand later is that the Bible tells us that tells us that the carnal man cannot receive the things of the spirit. I wasn't a spiritual person and God didn't speak to me spiritually. Mm -hmm. This is what he said. What are you going to do with your children? He said, are you going to give your sister Pat 10 kids? I had five. She had five. He said, are you going to give your sister Pat 10 kids knowing she has a son with a degenerative brain disease, is fed with a G-tube, doesn't walk or talk and in a wheelchair? Are you going to give her your five? He said, are you going to give your little sister Ida 11, your five plus her six? He says, are you going to separate them? Are you going to let them go in foster care knowing that your sister was raped in foster care? He asked me, what are you going to do with your kids? He says, are you going to let your father raise them knowing why you ran away at 14 years old? Are you going to let your mother raise them knowing that she didn't raise you and you don't have a relationship with your mother? What are you going to do with your kids? And I really believe what it was at that moment was that God was showing me that every viable solution that I thought was viable mm -hmm. was not something that I wanted for my kids. Right. So I just buckled down to my knees and I began to cry and I called out and I said, God, help me. Help me then. I don't know what to do. Help me. And he showed me my husband, cousin. His name is Lionel Slade. Lionel Slade had been a Christian. He was genuine. He would always come over and invite us to church. And we would just dog him out. Like, you know, when you just like, man, that's one of those Jesus people trying to hit you over the head with the Bible. That's really how we treated Lionel. Mm -hmm. But Lionel would say, Maybe not this Sunday, cousin, but I'm going to ask you again next Sunday. And he <laughs> always had this oh, sweet awesome. spirit. And that is who God showed me in mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. It was Lionel. He said, call Lionel. That's awesome. I called Lionel, told Lionel what just happened. He said, give me till Sunday, cousin. Let me come take you and the kids to church. And I did. That Sunday, he came and picked me and all five of my kids up. He took me to church. He introduced me to six amazing women. I studied the Bible for six months and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. That was 24 years ago. Wow. Amen. That was that second chance. It's from, I mean, you took the, the, the taste of drugs gone. I went from being in poverty, being on food stamps and section eight. I, I was only making $8 and 25 cents an hour. And I'm commuting four hours a day to do that. Mm. When I tell you, God turned my entire life around. I've been at the same company for 22 years. I have been able to purchase homes that I now rent to other people that were on Section 8 because I know what subsidized housing did for me. It helped oh me get God. to a place that I could do for others what it was able to do for me. Oh my, my children know that they've never experienced what I went through because mm -hmm. when I changed my life, it allowed them to change theirs.
That's amazing. And he, he, he is the best thing ever. Like if I could tell anybody ever, like God loves you. I wasn't thinking about him. I didn't care about him. I was calling on a God I had only heard about that I in passing. And I'm sure wasn't even sure you believed in it. I didn't believe. I, I really didn't believe. But at that right. point, what did I have to lose? I was about to take my own life. You know, it's it's funny. You know, you hear be, about people that that claim they're atheists, but yet they get mad at God. <laughs> How do you get mad at something that doesn't <laughs> you know, exist? You want to? I mean, because I think it's in us. Yes. Uh, and, and and the Bible talks about this. That that the spirit is in everyone whether they believe or not. Yes. And we all all ha have this desire. Yes. Whether we, but he gives us a choice. You get, we get to choose. And so it's almost like you hear story after story about people that somewhere, maybe a little minuscule, they know there's a higher being. They right. know there's a God above all gods. Right. They know this, but they don't want to accept it. And I think that's Sounds like that's where you were at. You were crying out because you didn't have any other hope. Well, nothing else on this earth has worked. Right. Let's cry out to whatever these people are talking about, this so-called God thing. And it's real. It's real. And and it's funny how you, you mentioned so much of what you're telling me is flashing me back to this weekend. Because one of the things we talked about this weekend, two of the speakers said when they changed their life and they focused 100% on serving God yep. and they focused 100% on taking their talents, figuring out, okay, God has given every single one of us a gift, yes. a talent of some kind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in saying, well, I'm not as smart as them or this. That's because that's not your talent. Right. God, God gives us each a talent. And when you take that and you say, God, show me how to take my talent for your glory, yes. not for my glory, right. not for not to support my family, not to make sure I can pay my bills, right? But for your glory, they these two men said when I did that in my life, money started chasing me <laughs> instead of me chasing money, right? And 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 so quite often I think in the Christian realm we think you know money's evil. Well, God doesn't say money's evil. Mm -hmm. God says the love Correct. of money is evil. And, and in essence, the love of anything other than him. Exactly. And, and so when you turned your life around, all the poverty of this world started going away, sounds like. Yes. Because your focus was in the right direction. Exactly. And it's wow. just, it, it, it was, <clears throat> he started to open doors and platforms that I, I knew it was him. So for example, uh, the job I'm at now, it was Countrywide Home Loans, and they got bought out by Bank of America back in 2008, 2009. The job I was working at, making $8.25 an hour commuting, dropping my kids off at daycare at 5.30 in the morning to be at the van pool at 6 to get at a job that started at 8. And that's what I had to do to make eight twenty-five an hour. Well, I'm reading the Wall Street Journal one day at work on my break, and it says that Countrywide Home Loans was building a facility in Lancaster, California. Well, Lancaster was only 10 minutes from my home, but the facility won't be built yet for almost a year. But I'm like, well, they have another facility that's 30 minutes farther than where I'm commuting now. But if I could just get in, mm -hmm. if I could get in, maybe I could be one of the people that get transferred mm -hmm. 10 minutes from home. Mm -hmm. It's a chance worth taking.
So you have to type 30 words per minute. And I couldn't type to save my life for it at all. It's nighttime and I'm doing typingtest.com, trying to get those 30 words per minute. Couldn't. But I went to the job anyway. And when I got in the parking lot, I got ready to turn away because I knew I couldn't do the 30 words per minute. And I said, God, if this is for me, please open the door. That's right. And he always will. And if it's not, Mm -hmm. you'll close it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go in because it won't be because I didn't do my part. Right. So I went in. My practice test, I did 30 words per minute. My real test, I did 28. They came back in and they said, I got good news, bad news. The bad news is you didn't do 30 words on your on your test. The good news is I can use your practice test where you did. Congratulations. And I got moved through the process. Wow. I am still there to this day. That's so I know amazing. it was him moving me through yes. all of these areas that have changed my life. We are our own worst enemies. And so many people don't realize that God has such great plans for us. Yes. And yet we get in the way. And you're you're sitting there telling me this, and and I'm all I can think about is that my daughter is is looking for a job. Yes. And I listened to her the other day, and she said, I I went to apply for a server position, okay. but it said I needed six months experience. So I didn't apply for it. I went ahead and applied for the host position. And I said, why? She said, because I don't have that experience. I said, who cares? Apply for That's it, it and let them say no. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you don't apply for it, because if God wants you there and you've prayed about it, yes. then it's going to open. The door's going to open. You know, we get... We convince ourselves so often in every aspect of our life yeah. that we're not worthy. True. When when he says we're worthy about everything. Right. And and so if you would have listened to yourself in that parking lot, yep. <laughs> your whole different life may be in a different area because God exactly. does give us a choice. Exactly. He gives us a choice to choose. And and like I said at the beginning of the show. I made a real revelation this week that I'm not going to be in slavery anymore. That's it. I'm not going to sit and 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 waller in where or I came from. Exactly. And you chose not to waller exactly in what life had dealt you up to that point. That is so amazing. All of that you. absolutely amazing. So what brought you from California, where as I was out there, <laughs> as I was out there this weekend. You would have needed to work one hour to pay for a gallon of gas. Yes. Because, oh my gosh. Almost $5 and something a gallon. It was like 6.30 where we were in San Diego. It was crazy. Um, What brought you from California out to McKinney, Texas? Again, it's that my job. So my, my, uh, my boss was here in Plano and he flew to California and he was starting a new position. Uh, he was hiring for a new position, which I didn't have any skill set for that position, but he flew out anyway and he interviewed several of us. And I got an opportunity to just pour out my heart. Like I let him know I'm, I'm a, at this point, I'm a mom raising five kids. My husband's in prison. Um, 
I have an eighth grade education. I went back and got my GED when I was 23 years old with three kids. I don't have a degree, but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. And one of the things I learned is that I can teach you a skill, but I can't teach you a will. Mm -hmm. And if you have the will and the desire to do it, I can show you how to do it. And so we had that very honest conversation. He flew back to Texas. The next thing I know, I get the call that I got the job. That's awesome. And uh, I got relocated. They did the relocation package for me and my family. We've been here since 2005, and four of my five children have graduated out here in McKinney and Anna, Texas. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we're running close to time, and this this 30 minutes gets away from me. I, (laughs) I could talk for hours. But I do want you to finish up by sharing about your book. Yes. A little bit about how long it took you to write it okay. and where, when it's got, what it, where people can get it. Yes. And to talk just really, I know briefly, about the nonprofit that yes. you do. And that's how we got in contact because of the amazing work you do to help people. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so the book, I kind of gave you the synopsis of the book. It is available on Amazon and Kindle. On Barnes and Nobles is the ebook, and then Lulu.com is the soft copy. But it is a story about rescue, redemption, and revelation. Awesome. And it is it is for anybody to know. If you think that there is no hope, there is always hope in God. Um, and so the book is available online now. Uh, the stage play is March the 2nd. There is a matinee and an evening show at the Plaza Theater in Garland, Texas on March 2nd, 2024. And it's called He Heard My Cry. Uh, An amazing cast has been rehearsing since May. So we are excited to bring the stage play He Heard My Cry. That's great. Um, And then lastly, this one is Lift R&R, which is what you guys, thank you so much, Heyman and Hogue, for helping us a lot. Uh, We do a lot in the community and it stands for laboring in the field together resources and referrals. So we basically connect people in the community to nonprofit organizations that can service their needs. Mm -hmm. And then in a broader way, we help the nonprofit organizations. So like right now we have nonprofit organizations getting a two free hour video shoot uh, from Seamless Motion Productions at no cost to them, just to make sure that there's more awareness and visibility to the services that they offer. Mm -hmm. And everything that we do is free. We also have uh, Toys for Tots for Collin County. We're a Collin County distributor for Toys for Tots. This is our fourth year running. So we're super excited about the work that God has laid in our hands to do for the community in all of Collin County. So so you're always busy. Yes. (laughs) But but about to be even more busy coming into Christmas because Toys for Tots is a lot of stuff. So those of you all out there that are watching, if you can support this organization in any way, shape, or form, please do. If if not, find something to support. Find something out there to use your gifts because you have them. And if anybody is watching this and you're not sure what your gift is, call me and I'll sit down and have coffee with you and we'll figure that gift out. Because... All of us have a gift. I'm doing this show uh, because this is my gift. God has given me the gift to talk to people. God has given me the gift to to teach. I've been teaching and, and, and presenting for 25 years, and now I'm going to take it to a different level because I want to help people. I want God to speak through me and through my guests to know that every day is a second chance. Yeah. Every day we're alive, every day we're breathing, every day that we wake up, we have the opportunity to make a difference, 
to right a wrong, to apologize for something that we did, to forgive somebody we haven't forgiven in years, mm. including ourselves, and to go in a different direction. But it's a choice. We choose to serve and, and, and move forward in love and compassion and caring, or we can choose to stay angry and feel sorry for ourselves and, and drag that anchor that we all drag. Some mm. anchors are bigger than others, but let go of that anchor and move forward to make today a second chance in your life so that you can be everything God wants you to be. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for listening. I think, I hope you guys got as much out of this as I did this. Thank, Thank you. You, you Thank are an you. amazing gift from God. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Y'all have a wonderful day. God bless. God bless.